Hello, I'm Victoria. And I'm Johnny. Welcome to Tasty Pages. A podcast for people who love cookbooks, food, and cooking. Each week, we'll discuss a featured cookbook from our popular Cooking the Books Instagram page. We'll also discuss the dishes that we made and rank the book in a variety of categories. Including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste. The conversation is always unscripted, unedited, and uncensored. Spoiler alert, Victoria likes to swear. (laughs) All of this takes place in our living room in the heart of Minneapolis. Oh yeah, we also have a featured show topic with contributions from our listeners, and we end each episode with a lame food-related joke. Usually very lame. Hey now. (laughs) Join Join us for for Tasty Tasty Pages. This week's featured cookbook is... Zoe's Ghana Kitchen by Zoe Ajanya. Hey, Johnny. Hey, Victoria. <laughs> How are you doing? We're, we are in full Christmas movie mode. We sure are. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. It's, it's, it's happening. It's, it's begun. It's all happening. Yes. Uh, welcome to Tasty Pages, episode 56, a podcast from Cooking the Books. Um, we get a few housekeeping things out of the way. Um, if you go to our website, which is www.wecookbooks.com, you'll see a store tab, and that will direct you to our Amazon.com affiliate page. And uh, we've got a few lists there. Kitchen Essentials for Home Cooks. Holiday season is upon us. There's some great gift ideas there for the home cook in your life. Um, also, Cookbooks, which is uh, the best of the best from the uh, ones that we featured on the Cooking the Books Instagram. We're going to have to update that. We are, because we've been cooking from some good books lately mm-hmm. that are going to make that list. And then a uh, new one, Fun Food Finds, and we're going to continue adding to that and building that up, but that's just some of the best uh, original products that we love and use on a regular basis. We are not uh, endorsed by any of these products. They're just things that we love. We want to share the love. Mm-hmm. And uh, best of all, you can make a purchase there, get something that you want, in, and uh, we'll get a few pennies in return. doesn't cost you anything more. It's uh, the most immediate way that you can kind of uh, support what we're doing here. All right. Yes. We got a lot to talk about. We sure do. Man, lots happened since the last podcast. Well, I guess that's a great thing. Yeah. We, we had uh, our Thanksgiving celebration, which was... Kind of the first one in our uh, in couple, return to Minneapolis. Yeah, first first uh, group Thanksgiving that we've had in a couple years. Went over to my brother's family's house mm-hmm. and uh, he smoked a turkey. It was delicious. It was. Um, the weekend before that, we went back to Chicago. For the first time since moving here. For uh, Friendsgiving. Our friend uh, Melissa has this beautiful Airbnb space uh, in her basement. Yeah, if you're visiting Chicago and you need an affordable, stylish place to stay, you could do much worse. It's it's amazing. And she was just so kind enough to let us stay there for free. Yeah. Um, in exchange for... Uh for labor, a little bit of a little <laughs> bit of cooking in the kitchen, which I am more than pleased to do. Um, everything was great. The meal was great. We ended up staying up until two o'clock, Whoa. which my old ass never does. I haven't done that since the band days. I know, and I think we slept until like nine o'clock the and next took morning, a nap. and we took a nap. We're not nap people. No, we are not. But and we were that day. Yeah, it's been a long time since. I mean, occasionally one of us will nap individually. Usually it's me. 
but it's been like forever since we've like laid down in bed together and snuggled up and yeah. took a nap during the middle of middle of the day. So I know Friendsgiving is a thing with many people. Mm -hmm. And um, is it always celebrated like the weekend before Thanksgiving? I don't, I don't or know. Is it I, change? I I don't know. I feel like it's usually the two weeks leading up to that. Yeah. And we just did in like uh, we this friend particular Friendsgiving had a nice it was like a nice grazing table. Um, people brought some stuff. There was some stuff that we made. We ate some stuff. We, <laughs> we drank some stuff. Um, the food was delicious. Yeah. Company was fantastic. And probably had a good 20 or so people there. And Friends, for both neighbors. of us, it was a lot of time. Like it was the first time seeing a lot of these people in over two years. Yeah. So even when we were living in Chicago, we didn't see them. Well, yeah, we couldn't cause of the, cause of the good old Rona. Yep. So, um, yeah, so Friendsgiving was great. Thanksgiving was great. Um, we put up our tree. Yeah. Uh, we got a new Christmas tree it's this blue. year. It's blue. If you're going to get a fake tree, let's just go all let's out be and fake. have it look really fake. Yeah. And it's, um, and it's gorgeous. Well, our previous tree was a vintage tree that we got at an antique store. And it was like one of those white aluminum things. Uh, it was very wobbly, very lopsided. It, it served us well. We had it for 15 years, I think. Yeah. Um, and we eventually ended up selling it back to the same store. And I think we probably got what we paid for it. Yes. <laughs> so we rented the tree for we 15 years. We rented the tree for 15 years. <laughs> um, and our tr we'll, we'll, we'll snap a photo of it and put it uh, in our stories. Um, I'm in love with our tree. Oh, we watched... Uh, the movie Chef again with John Favreau. We did when we were, uh, in Chicago. I have to say, I think it's I think it's got to be next to Ratatouille. I think it's like my favorite food movie. Yeah, and it ages well. It totally does. And it was from 2014, so being almost you know close to 10 years old, like it it, it holds up. Yeah, because I, I recently watched Sideways. I think I talked about that in a previous episode, and that one it's kind it's, of, it's problematic. It's it's got some issues. It's two shitheads like winning the day in the end. They yes. get exactly Men what they want. Men behaving badly and, with no consequences, and they get rewarded for yeah. it. Yeah, um, but yeah, like the the. Just like the food prep scenes and the cooking scenes are so gorgeous, and they don't like. There's no like broy, uh, kitchen culture in. Uh, there kind of was, but it was good, good natured. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I but mean, it was a little broy. Uh, see, I don't, I don't know. I guess it didn't bother me yeah. so much having been in like broy kitchens before. Um. They just got everything right down to the small details. Like I noticed this most recent time that uh, John Favreau's character had like burns. Oh on yeah, his the arm, burns on the arms. Yeah, on his forearms, uh, which is obviously very typical mm -hmm. for restaurant kitchen workers. It just just things like that where they just thought of every detail and and uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. It's a great movie. Um, what else? Oh, we've got some. Okay, so we've been going to Minneapolis has all these great little um, Christmas festivals, like um, like maker shows, uh, you know, like um, cr crafts and artisans, 
Um, local artists. Yep. Great way to shop local, especially this time of year. Today we went to this, vin- uh, like I love a good vintage store. I could spend hours and hours looking at vintage clothes. And you did. I did. <laughs> I did. It was like a two level in a warehouse vintage sale. Like all kinds of small vendors selling their wares. Amazing, amazing. I tried on like te- see, and now I think I I'm kind of having a hard time with the vintage shopping just because I know how germy it is. Like it, I think about it, and it's like, eek. um, but I True. still I still tried on some shit, and I actually did not buy any clothing see because uh you're you're feeling old because these are all things that you owned in the 90s and now all of a sudden they're considered vintage i know well for me like all when those courtney love outfits and yes but you know and but like when i back in you know when i was in my early 20s and teens you know like i love like anything from the 30s to the late 60s I was so there for it. And that stuff has gotten like really expensive. Um, In demand. Everything old is new again. But the thing is, that shit was really well made, so it is still kicking around. Yep. Whereas, you know, today is so full of fast fashion that everything falls apart that you're not going to get any uh, 2020 vintage clothes like 40 years down the road. Don't be so sure. I don't I don't think so. <laughs> Unless you're doing like designer high end. But anyway, my whole point to this was that we got the show doesn't have a point. <laughs> <laughs> we got some really Oh yeah, and I have to I'm looking at our prop shelf right now. I have to rearrange it. We got some really great prop glasses. Yeah. So um, I mean this show was mostly clothing, but there was all kinds of like Vintage pieces. Yeah, there was housewares. Yeah, had this whole assortment of individual like barware and glassware, and that's right up our alley because all we really need is one cup or glass for our photo shoots. Yep. And they had a little deal going where you could get like a set of four of you know assorted mix and match glasses. And I love that they weren't like you have to buy the whole set because they actually Mm -hmm. did have sets of things, and those were like on the mix and match table. Yep. So we ended up getting like a couple really lovely pastel pink glasses. Um, there was one like nice smoky brown like rocks glasses. Uh, there's a beautiful green glass. I think we're the only people that I know that just have like one of all these like, you know, silverware, flatware, barware I think it'd be, I think it'd be really fun to have a dinner. Po- well, I don't want them to get... St- scratched up but just to have like a dinner party using our prop plates because everything would be mis- mismatched which i kind of like that whole aesthetic now yep. anyway i'm just like fuck it Nothing- chairs too yeah if i had the room i'd collect chairs wouldn't that be an odd thing to collect yes but i see so many cool chairs out in the world that i, I think i think i'd collect chairs we only have so many asses to put in those chairs i know but you could you could swap, <laughs> them, swap them out keep it interesting <laughs> Um, let's see what else. Uh, oh, we did. We started doing cookie cookie planning for holiday cookies. We did. Everything is coming from cookies. The new classics, which just came out. Uh, I'm gonna butcher his name, Jesse uh, Suick. I'm sure that's not it. I but, don't know. Maybe you should have <laughs> looked it up. I know. Yeah. 
prepare for the show. I didn't. I didn't know that you were gonna. This is a novel concept. I didn't know that you were gonna spring this information yep. on the listeners. Um, but yeah, we're doing holiday cookie planning. It's it's kind of a big fat roll of the dice because these are like recipes that I've never made before. Yep. Usually, I have something. You know, usually I'm like, oh, I'll make this, this, and this. If and, you're if you're a good friend of Johnny and Victoria, you're getting a box of like custom. You're getting, you're getting cookies and cake truffles. Oh yeah, not I about cake, those. not cake pops. Those are fucking disgusting. But cake truffles. Yeah. Uh, what are we drinking, by the way? Oh, we are drinking an espresso martini. Hey, talk about vintage. <laughs> They're I know, a right? We're, we're bringing the '90s back. They're the 2000s. Yeah. Maybe I should make us a cosmopolitan next. Oh yeah. Um. I actually had an espresso martini when I when I went out with my girlfriend the other night. Yeah. So I was like, yes. Uh, anyway, this is vodka, Kahlua, some cold brew espresso, and a little bit of heavy cream. And then there are a couple chocolate. Wait, you have a girlfriend too? <laughs> Whoops, sorry. <laughs> my bad. That was bad timing. I should have said it right afterwards. I know, yeah, right? It was a little slow. Yeah, yeah. You. I hate when I think of a response or a joke after the fact. I'm just like, oh, I should have said I that. I know, right? You kick, oh, your, you I kick yourself. I could have a sick burn. I hate when you have a sick burn and you're just like, fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Anyway, carry um, on. Oh, anyway, there are a couple of chocolate covered uh, espresso beans floating down around in the bottom. Yeah. And it's delicious. It is delicious. And let's talk about what we have going on for dinner. Yeah. So right now, the kitchen smells like beer and onions, which is also what uh, soccer locker room <laughs> smells like. But uh, we're having farmer's beer soup. And this is from uh, the Spirit of Alsace. Right? By Gabrielle Crother. Yeah. Um. I'm excited to have this new book that just got released. That, that book is very interesting because the first half is um, it's like very down home uh, Alsatian food, uh, and then the second half is the stuff that they make at the restaurant. Project food, yes, yes. Like these are things that will very fussy. They will take you many, 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 many I like steps. how you paged through the book and were like using post-its to kind of mark up like things that you were interested <laughs> in making. And it was all things like in the first half of the book. And then like the whole second half of the book was barren, free of any post-its because it was all, you know, the restaurant dishes. And it's like, yeah, we're not making I, some I, like fussy terrine that's going to take like a week to compose. Right now, I do not have the bandwidth or the patience to do that. But the soup, I'm here for it. It's going to yep. be delicious. Agreed. Uh, what else? Oh, um, Christmas movies. We're in full Christmas movie season. We are. So usually for the month of December, we start a little early this this uh, year because the, the spirit's moving us. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, because usually we don't put up our tree until like usually like the first second week of december i'm getting in the christmas spirit god damn it i know that shit was up uh the day after no, two days after thanksgiving we, and we're so here for it what we usually do when we have the time is uh just pick any random christmas movie the, the less you think about it the better so we just like pull up hulu netflix amazon whatever go to the christmas movie section First thing that we see that we as, haven't yet seen. As long as we can tell by all indications that it's not like a super 
religious movie because that shit just bums me out. <laughs> it's funny because Christmas is all about <laughs> all about by, the, defini- by definition. But like it, that's that's not my steez. So Bonus point like, if it has like uh, Dean Cain in it. I don't or... see. I think that was like movies from the early two thousands. Now there's a whole new batch of like regular people that you see in Christmas movies. True. Um, and a lot of these are, are fun to watch because they're, they're always terrible, mm-hmm. but there are some, a majority of them I would say are kind of like Christmas adjacent. So they'll start with this plot, this story, and just because it takes place during Christmas time, all of a sudden it's a Christmas movie, even though that they could have made the movie to take place any other time of year and it would just be some normal bad movie. That always bums me out because then you're just watching a bad movie. You know, like something like Scrooged or Christmas Story. Those are very... Christmas Vacation. Very clearly Christmas movies. Yes, could not have taken place any other time of year because Christmas is such an integral part of the the plot. Mm -hmm. And uh, these people didn't get the memo and so they'll just like... Oh, are we talking about Christmas Cupid? Yeah, yeah, we watched that last night. That was great. I mean, just because someone was standing in front of like some Christmas lights does not a Christmas Christmas movie movie make. No. So. And that that actually should have been like a Valentine's Day movie. But I I think they they wanted to cash in on the Christmas movie craze. And so they made it take place at Christmas time. But it would have made more sense since it was like Cupid and love and all that stuff to have it be Valentine's movie. Okay, since we're talking about this, what are your favorite Christmas movies? Uh, I think I just mentioned three of them. Um, Christmas Story, mm-hmm. Scrooged, mm-hmm. European Vacation. Wait, um, European Vacation? Oh, I'm sorry. Christmas European, Vacation? Yes. yes. <laughs> European <laughs> Vacation is where they had like none of the same people in and they just like totally different actors playing right? the children and they're like, what? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like nothing happened. Um, White Christmas? Uh-huh. Um, I'm not, I'm not big on, uh, it's a wonderful life. I think it's just okay. I know that like a lot of people, that's their go-to Christmas movie. I don't even think it's necessarily like a Christmas movie. That's another one that's kind of like Christmas adjacent. I, I get that. Yeah. Uh, it could have, they could have like filmed that movie during any other period and the, and you know, pulled it off. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just okay. Um, let's see. That's four. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of those people that thinks Die Hard is a Christmas movie either, no. so screw that. Um, I don't think I've ever actually seen Die Hard the whole way through. I mean, the Muppets Christmas one is kind of fun. And I don't think I've ever seen that one either. We watched it a few uh, a few years ago. Oh. Yeah. I don't remember There it. was probably wine involved. Probably. Yeah. What about you? Um, Home Alone 1 and 2, for sure. Okay. Um, White Christmas. Good one. You know what is funny is like, okay, and it is not my favorite. I I will categor- categorically say it is not my favorite, but I had never seen um, Holiday Inn. That shit is racist yeah, as it's, hell. That's a problematic movie. It was the first time I ever saw it, and yeah. I was like, oh and my that, God. And that's another one that makes people's like best of lists, and I'm like, why? There's yeah. like some pretty cringeworthy scenes in there. Yeah. I was just thinking of that because Especially like someone in blackface. Oh, oh my God. The blackface. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, white Christmas, 
Christmas story. Um, Scrooge is another good one. Yeah. Um, Elf. Any love for Elf? I love Elf. And I love Christmas Carol, the Patrick Stewart version. Okay. We should give an honorable mention to, I, I don't even know what it's called. The, it's the, the Dryer movie? Yeah, we call it the Dryer movie. <laughs> so, and I don't know if we've talked about this before, probably in a previous episode, but Nicole Eggert. Of um, Baywatch fame and Charles in Charge fame. Plays this. Uh, She's a beleaguered housewife. Be- I like that. <laughs> beleaguered. I was, I was searching for the right word and you, you, you nailed it. Uh, and she's kind of unhappy in life and in marriage. And she married her she, high school, like her high school boyfriend. Yeah. He's like kind of they're struggling for money. He like does handy jobs. Handy but by jobs. all accounts, <laughs> shouldn't be struggling for money if he does handy jobs. <laughs> but um, um, and and but by all accounts, a nice guy. Like yeah. you know, and and so you know, it's one of those like grass is always greener stories. Yes, and so. Uh, while she's doing laundry at home, she bumps her head. Well, but first, then, oh yeah, but was first there else she runs into her old, her other old boyfriend from high school, yep. who is now like an art gallery owner, and she apparently she used to be like a really great like watercolor artist, and so, and he's very rich, and he's married to this beautiful woman. Yep. And then, and then the aforementioned like she bumps her head, bumps her head, and discovers that the dryer in her house is <laughs> kind of like a portal to an alternate dimension. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she crawls into the dryer, and all of a sudden, it brings her to this new reality where she's married to the rich art director guy, and they're very successful, and they have a nice house, and she has fancy clothes. But big surprise. Spoiler alert, she is miserable. They're about ready to get divorced because yep. husband is is playing hide the salami with uh, his uh, office assistant or like it's always art the office partner. assistant. Yeah. So. so yeah. So then she kind of realizes the salami. Like, Listen to me. What the, are <laughs> we talking it. in the fifties? Like what the fuck, man? <laughs> uh What's the, the what's the British rom com? Love Actually. Yeah, like I, I that's actually that's a good one too. Yeah, I like I like that one too. I do too. That's one that I've seen a few times around this time of year. So mm-hmm. yeah, that'd be my number five maybe. So. You know what we haven't seen that we should watch? It's called The Holiday, and it's got Jack Black, Kate Winslet. I want to say, um, what the fuck I is I, I kind of. Jack Black to me is kind of me- like I love High Fidelity, but beyond that, it's just it's apparently it's, school, it's a very rocks okay. It it makes everybody's holiday lists okay, and I can't like I can't believe I still have never seen it okay. So should we talk about the show? Uh, maybe we should. <laughs> Let's move on. Oh my God, well, think, how how far we are need, we in? Like uh, yeah. I, I think what we need to do is start a podcast uh, for uh, Christmas, Christmas movies. Christmas movies, yep. right? It's be a new one for us. <laughs> um, all right. So before we dive into this book, let's talk about our show topic, which was uh, what food words did you or maybe still do mispronounce? And we got some great answers from the listeners. So thank you for that. And uh, I want to start with. Okay. So. I'm just going to say there are about five people 
who said Worcestershire. Yep. Um, and I get that. Like I used to be like Worcestershire sauce. Yeah. It's not pronounced like it's spelled or as it appears. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And that was the overwhelming one that everyone mentioned. So uh, Melissa G, that was her choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mimi M said cinnamon. Maybe cinnamon. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, I can see how you look at it and you get kind of like tongue tied or twisted around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris M said flan. I don't know. Maybe people flan. Flan. <laughs> the flat a flan. Our friend Jack D said uh, acai, mm-hmm. quinoa. And Asiago. I think we talked on a previous episode about our mispronunciation of Asiago. I can I can tell you, like, until I actually heard it said, I had no idea how to say acai. I thought it was like Akai. Yeah. And so, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure for most people that's the case. And the same goes for quinoa. Like, I yeah. had no idea how to pronounce it. So I just never said it. Yes. <laughs> just avoided saying it. You know, that thing. Uh Troy P said pho. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pho. I, get, I get how people who be like pho. <laughs> yep. Um, Mike B said guomki, uh, and it's spelled G-O-L-U-M-P-K-K-I. So it looks like glompy. 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 I think that's probably like some Polish yes. dish. Because Mike B is proudly Polish. Yes, he is. Um, Nancy M said focaccia, and that that... To me, is kind of like cinnamon, where you look at it and you just get kind of twisted around. Yeah, and, you know, I can I can totally understand that. Uh, but yeah, another vote for uh, Worcestershire, and she said also pho and uh, euro, euro, gyro, gyro. <laughs> <laughs> See, some of these words are just fun to mispronounce, I and know. so we intentionally do it. We just, do, and you know. then and then sometimes when we're talking about it, we will actually like use that pronunciation. We're like, oh, oops, yeah. <laughs> um, Let's see. Uh, Another vote Matt, for acai. Yep. Uh, kitchen bookshelf said Castel. Oh my god! You're gonna do it. <laughs> Castel Ventrano olives. Yep. Uh, I can't say it or spell the word to save my life. And it's funny because like Johnny was trying to say that, I and was. he's like, and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I think I know. And we had we had like a container of those olives in our fridge, and I looked at it. And I was just like, okay. I think this is how you say it. You did it. it. Yep. So then we've got three people down the list for Worcestershire. Yep. On the Uh, record. um, At Cookbook Divas said boule. And I get that because I always thought it was boule. Yes. It Um, looks like it should be, especially if there's like an exclamation point at the end. Boule. Boule. And they said they uh, she said also struggling with Zatar. I can see that. Yes. Um, Jay is in the kitchen said jicama and sriracha. I can see that too. I would never, I would never think that jicama is, huh. Jicama. Jicama. See, that's an, I'm going to just pronounce it that way because it's just, is funny. And like so. sriracha, I'd be like, if I, I spell it wrong 100% of the time. Yep. Because I just. Thank God for spell correct. I know. I just spell it S-I-R. Like I'd be like sriracha. Yes. If I like. Said it as how it was spelled. Okay, what are some of yours? Uh, croissant. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I I still always say like croissant. I do too. Because I, because do too. I feel 
I feel weird about pronouncing it correctly, and I don't know why I should, but yeah. it's just like, because then I feel like... It's it feels like, pretentious. Maybe, or like I'm doing this affectation. I don't speak French, so I'll be like, <laughs> croissant? It's like, it's like the new the uh, newscasters who will all of a sudden like get really like Latino when they're saying like something like in Spanish or something. Yes. I'm just like, what the fuck? They'll be <laughs> like, like speaking like, like we do. And then all of a sudden they'll be like jalapeno. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> You're okay, like, knock what? it off. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. Uh, bruschetta. I always say bruschetta. Yeah, I do too. Same That's thing. The, I feel yeah. weird saying, saying it correctly. Yeah. Even though I know how to pronounce it correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, sherbet. I don't think I was, I knew how to pronounce that correctly until I was probably like 25 years old. I I've, it was I've, sherbet. Oh, I've always called it sherbet. Yeah. I don't know where the, why people just started inserting an extra R into I don't the know. pronunciation. Probably just because it, that's kind of what it looks like. Yeah. But yeah. It's not sherbet people. Sherbet. I still call it sherbet. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Roybus tea. That that is one because I I would call it, it like Rubio's or something. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, uh, celeriac. Okay. And, and and I think that's one like if if you look at it, it kind of makes sense how it should be pronounced. But it's still one of those ones that you look at it and then you get all twisted around in your head and yeah. it's kind of like cinnamon and 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 focaccia where you just like think it should be not pronounced something different. Uh, ciabatta. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people call it cibata. Yes, or chiabata. I don't think I've ever. <laughs> I don't think that's a word for me that I've mispronounced. Uh, mascarpone. Mascarpone. Yeah, I, yep. I think. Uh, yeah. I, well, I think I just get them confused. I've always, I've always called it mascarpone. Ooh, here's one for you, and you'll appreciate this. Mm-hmm. Edamame. Because uh, years ago. When we were vacationing in uh, Northern California, we were I think we were in, in Sonoma. We were in Santa Rosa. Oh, yeah, Santa Rosa. And uh, Food Network star, pop culture icon, Guy Fieri, had a chain of restaurants, one of which was called, like, was it Johnny something or other? I fucking can't remember. I think, I, was it a sushi restaurant or something? Uh, it I was don't like know. a hybrid mashup thing. Yeah. Like, uh, and, and, we saw the menu online, I think, and and he had this like edamame dish, but it was called Eddie's Mommy, because that's what his kid called it. Yeah, that's how his kid pronounced it. Dumb. And then we walked past it later, and it was like super broy. Yeah, there's like, lots of dude, dude bros doing shots outside. We yeah, like, eh, yeah, we're yeah. good. We're not going in there. Uh, and then lastly, and I still mispronounce this, chiliquiles, right? Of I, I have don't really try. I don't really say it yeah. because it's not something that I eat. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea how to pronounce it. I think that's how you pronounce it. Chili hmm. quilies. Okay. Yeah. Let's, what about you? Okay, so we've got um, Asiago. Yep. Which we used to say Asagio. Um, Every morning when we go in and order a bagel. Oh my god, Asiago bagel. They're like, oh, it's these assholes yeah. again. Um, Angostura, I always call it Agnostura. Yeah. Uh, Brajol. Ah, yeah. I used to call it Braziola. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> yeah. Um, 
for me that's about it but like other like i know that like there are other things that are mispronounced like um a lot of people don't know how to say gnocchi yes they'll say like gnocchi yeah gnocchi yeah um crudite see that's another one that i just intentionally i just call it crudite yep. all the time because it's funny it is funny um <laughs> we just had some this afternoon yes, for lunch we did um au jus a lot of people call it oh juice oh juice oh juice oh juice um uh charcuterie i think a lot of people call it charcuterie yes and i think that's about all i think well here's another one that we intentionally mispronounce to each other uh jalapeno we call it jalapeno oh yeah um classic yeah comedy i think that's about it yeah or we'll say like quesadilla yes but you know Non-stop comedy around this house. <laughs> you, you hang out with us and it's it's gut-busting laughs. Non-stop. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, let's talk about Zoe's Ghana Kitchen since we wasted the first half of this podcast oh talking God. about nonsense. <laughs> I'm sure everyone's like, click, bye. Goodbye. Uh, this was a great book. The thing we love... Uh, most about this little project of ours is that and and probably one of the main reasons we started this was because we would have these cookbooks that we just never got around to cooking from and now that we're doing this um, and we're getting publishers sending us stuff we're getting exposed to a lot of these books that you know otherwise we might not cook from or choose to cook from yeah. or you know and so this was a perfect example of that like west african cooking we've done a little bit of it in some previous books mm -hmm. um but you know admittedly we don't know anything really about Ghana ghanaian cooking and um it you know it was it was great we we thoroughly enjoyed all the stuff that we made from it and it was great working with some different ingredients mm -hmm. that you know we don't normally utilize what i was gonna say is that it's got like some great stories of her like going back to ghana there's a great playlist um, yeah i mean this is another example of a cookbook where we talk about it all the time where like it's like this very specific point of view from the author they have this very great narrative and this is a perfect example. And of that. it was really educational because there was shit that I had never heard of in there before. Yeah. By shit, I mean ingredients. So Sorry. Zoe was born to a Ghanaian father, Irish mother, uh, born in the UK, grew mm -hmm. up in the UK, did not visit Ghana until later in life. She's not a formally trained chef. She, nope. I've, I've listened to some interviews with her where she's had a host of various different jobs and kind of got her start in the food world just cooking for her friends and at then, festivals yes, and shit and like that yeah doing catering and hosting pop-ups and stuff and so she kind of comes at it from this really different angle than mm -hmm. a lot of people do and then probably which because is of her, which you know what i think is very refreshing because yeah. it's not like i'm a restaurant cook and i want you know like she has like i mean yeah she has a restaurant now but like 
I really do appreciate that she came it came Absolutely. at it. From I do that too. Way. Like it gives me hope. <laughs> hope for dummies like me. No. <laughs> um. Yeah. So you want to just give the little highlights of what we cooked, and then we'll we'll circle back and Absolute. discuss them in a little more detail. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. We did pork ribs in a sticky plantain sauce, uh, smoked fish stew. Jollof fried chicken with chunky yam fries, uh, uh, sabolo sorrel juice, and uh, kinkinyanga suya goat kebabs. And then we did a mango pineapple salad. Yeah. All right. Okay. Let's talk pork ribs in sticky plantain sauce. Oh, my God. This was the perfect dish for sharing. But we selfishly kept it for ourselves. There was no sharing going on. No. Um, so first, these are simmered for about an hour um, in a bath of onions, garlic, thyme, and peppercorns mm-hmm. till they're nice and tender. And then they're finished in the oven. Yeah. And you made... Well, I did... I like got the simmer together. You made the plantain sauce. Mm-hmm. And it was like plantains. Um, there was like a five-spice five mix. five-spice mix. Mm-hmm. Brown sugar, tomato paste, garlic. Scotch bonnet chilies. Mm-hmm. I think we used a different chili just because we couldn't find scotch bonnet. We might have used like habaneros. The, the chilies were like super picked over when yeah. we when we went to the store that day. And oh. I was really worried. Well, yeah. I was going to say, word to the wise, don't leave any leftover ribs that you have hanging out, keeping warm in the oven. Because, yeah, I was uh, going to get to that in a yeah. second. Um, anyway, the ribs were... Really great. I was worried that they wouldn't get like a nice coating on them. There was enough sugar in in the uh, plantain sauce. They were fucking delicious. They were really good. They were so good. They were really good. And we were keeping them in the oven to warm them up. Forgot about them. We made these on a weekend. Yeah. So we were drinking. Yeah. Because we drink on the weekends. Yep. And we... Went to bed, left them in the oven. Found them the next morning. Johnny was gonna like Johnny was like planning on like pulling the meat off the ribs and like doing something with them for lunch. Yep. And he thinking about it all all night. He in my dreams. Yep. And uh, he opened up the he turned on the oven. Then he opened it up to check the the racks in the oven and a wah wah. Yeah. And as we were throwing those ribs in the trash. There might have, I, been a, might have been a tear shed. I like. I felt crushed. Yes. Because they were so good. They were. So. Let that be a lesson. Make to all the of you. ribs. Make sure you put them in the fridge. Right away. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's happened to a few people, like leaving something we, out. We've on and, the and that's not the first time that we've done that either. No. But yeah, whatever. Remember that time we made uh, tongue. And we and we had it like low and slow in the oven. And it wasn't we, tongue; it was ears. Oh, pig ears! That's mm-hmm. right. And then we discovered that our oven automatically shuts off after, after twelve 11, hours. Eleven hours. Was it twelve? Eleven hours. Oh. It shut off in the middle of the night. Yeah, and it was supposed to. It was supposed to go low and slow for about twenty-four or thirty-six hours, something mm-hmm. like that. And so we woke up, and there and, were tepid yep. pig ears in yep. oil. Uh, yeah, not good. Nope. Uh, should we talk smoked fish stew? Sure. All right. 
so it was explained in the book that due to the climate in Ghana, smoked fish is kind of a necessity there. Um, this was pretty simply prepared. Um, it had onion, garlic, ginger, yams, which are common ingredient in Ghana. And they're yams, not not sweet potatoes. People here call sweet potatoes yams. They're two completely different things. All right. I didn't know that. I Because I hear them be kind they, of like interchangeable. They interchange them and it's wrong. You tell them. <laughs> I'm like being all forceful <laughs> and bitchy about it. Uh, let's see. what There was car- <laughs> there was carrot and butternut squash in there. Oh, this was fun. Okay. Uh, the chale sauce. And this was another thing that's kind of like... Uh, unique to Ghana and this mm-hmm. was I think this was the creation of of the author Zoe um, so when she was growing up um, her father his his English name was Charles and when he would have friends over they would call him Chali which in Ghana means like mate or friend and she always thought they were calling him Charlie is like a nickname for Charles and so she named this uh sauce chale sauce as like a tribute to him and uh yeah and we we loved it It, it's kind of the main flavor component for this stew it's got like it's a it's a tomato based sauce yes it's got like ginger chili onions curry powder um and and the smoked fish was what like just a white fish it was like a a superior white fish um but we we were very careful to just make enough so that we wouldn't have leftovers because we're both very very like weird about like leftover fish yep. the next day. Don't want to heat that up in the work microwave in the break room. Well, our break room <laughs> is our kitchen, so. Um, <laughs> but it was delicious. It was like it was very lovely. It was like it wasn't spicy, but it was like warmly spiced yes and i kind of feel like a lot of a lot of the dishes in this book were not spicy unless they introduced the scotch bonnet because that was kind of a common ingredient in some of the dishes i think we just chose ones that didn't feature it except for like one or two but yeah i guess i still didn't feel like because there were some things that we had they weren't like rip your head off spicy no i felt like all the spice in these dishes were like warmer spices rather than hot spices. Should we talk jollof fried chicken and chunky yam fries? It was a twofer. Yes. So apparently this is the most popular dish on uh, Zoe's street food and restaurant menus. Mm -hmm. Not surprising. I understand. Okay, so full disclosure, we tried to do this. We had just gotten a new... um, a new oven and it had I mean convection is like convection is like um, an air fryer an air fryer giant air fryer yeah so we tried to do it that way just to see how it worked it didn't work it was it was bullshit so I mean we still ate it but so I actually did like the real version and it's good it's good that I made like extra jollof spice because uh I use that and it gets it gets soaked in uh uh jollof and buttermilk. The chicken gets soaked in bollof and d- That bleh. spice mix is great. Like you can make extra and use it in like rice. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a recipe for jollof rice yep. in in the book. Um 
But yeah, so we actually made like the real fried chicken and it was fire. It was so good. I'm glad we made it the second time because I, I felt that first time we were kind of straying too far from the oh, recipe. Oh, we absolutely in the book. were. And we, I was we were like, trying to riff, riff on it. And, and I was like, we shall never speak of this. But, yes. you know, we did it and it, it was, was still good. It was a fake. It was good, but it was. Didn't, it didn't have the color that it was supposed to didn't have. Didn't turn out like it should have. Um, it tasted good, but I'm really glad that we did it. And we had yam fries. Yeah, which I'm a big fan of. You said you were kind of eh, about them. Yeah, I, I don't know. What What was your issue with them? I don't know. I just thought they were unremarkable. You, you felt they were inferior to like potato French fries? No, not necessarily. I think maybe at, at that point I was just more into the fried chicken. So <laughs> you're just here for the. And we also made biscuits because you know. Oh we, yes, we, we did wanted, make biscuits. Wanted to make a well balanced meal. Mm-hmm. Biscuits, yam fries, jollof <laughs> fries. Let's just, let's just, let's just cram make, in all the carbs we can. Yeah, like anytime we make something like fried chicken, we always think that we should make other things to make it. I, I don't know what, what our thought process is. Like we think we're being healthy. We think we're like, we should have something besides just fried chicken. <laughs> but it always just ends in disappointment because we just stuff our face full of fried it's chicken. It's like that with chicken and ribs. Yes. Like we're, we're always just we're like, like, you can't just eat ribs. Oh, can't okay, you? Can't we? <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's, yeah, let's, right. let's talk about that. Lesson learned. Um, we're, we're grown ass adults. We can do whatever we can we eat. I can, I can eat cereal for dinner if I want to. Yep. Um, uh, the next thing was uh, Cibolo Sorrel Juice. With vodka. We amped it up a little bit and made a cocktail out yep. of it. Um, this was great. This was something that you kind of took the wheel on. So, Well, I asked Johnny to get dried hibiscus flowers and he came, he came home with dried rose petals. They looked better. They did not look better. They did not look better. It would have tasted like grandma's soap, and it would have been. It would have not had that gorgeous red color. Dried flowers are dried flowers. No, they are not. <laughs> this is why I get mad at you sometimes. Yes. Um, let's see. So the, so the hibiscus gets simmered with some clove, ginger, uh, guinea peppers, anise, lemon juice, and obviously water. And then it hangs out in the fridge overnight. And then you add some brown sugar. We added like half the amount. I was going to say, I think you scaled it back. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was good that you did because this was like not overly sweet. No, it was very pleasant. Well, and I, I like that the hibiscus, the hibiscus is like a little astringent too. Yeah. Um, so it's really good for a cocktail. Um, yeah. So we just made a cocktail with vodka and threw some lime wedges in there and yum, yum. Yep. Let's move on to the goat kebabs. Sure. Uh, So when we moved here from Chicago, one of the things that we were the most uh, disappointed and sad to part with was our beloved Weber smoker and gas grill. We just didn't have the room for them. We don't have a balcony here at our new condo. In Minneapolis. And we had those for years. Oh, and they, they made well. they made so many good meals. So many good memories. Um, and so we had to sadly let them go. And we just kind of assumed that we were not going to be able to grill and or smoke at our new home. And much to our surprise, we discovered that there is a communal gas grill up on the rooftop of the building. Um, 
So this was like a great discovery. And once we figured that out, we decided we're going to make some of these uh, goddamn goat kebabs. And we couldn't think of a better dish than to take the communal gas grill for a test ride. And so these uh, goat kebabs had uh, vegetables along with them. Wasn't just wasn't just goat, Victoria. No, uh, and here's the thing: I get that, like, if you're living, like, I feel like goat could be kind of hard to source, and if you can't find goat, go ahead with lamb. Yes, and it, it mentions that, or you could do chicken, any yeah. kind of protein will work, beef, whatever. Um, we actually were able to find goat. Mm-hmm. It does call for kid goat. I found the goat to be a little tough, and it could have just been like the the cut or the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the age of the of the goat. Um I didn't feel right eating a kid goat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Didn't want it on my conscience. Um but otherwise these were like very like spice forward and not and not mm-hmm. spice like heat wise, but just like warm spices. Yeah. It gets this like suya dry spice rub uh that has ground peanuts, chili pepper, garlic, ginger, nutmeg, cloves. Um and then it also has cubeb and grains of paradise. Um, Neither of which we could find. No. So we had to kind of improvise. Yeah. Um, it gives you, it, it, like, she kind of tells you what they taste like and how, you know, like, w- what they taste like. So you can kind of make your own approximation of, like, what you should use. Right. Um, I called for cubeb, which is, like, a cross between allspice and black pepper. So we just like used a little bit of allspice and black pepper. Uh, and then grains of paradise. Uh, it resembles cardamom and it has notes of black pepper and citrus. So I think we use like black pepper and like lemon and lime zest for that. Right. Um, so if I'm being honest, this wasn't my favorite dish from the book. It was mostly just due to the, the texture, texture of the, of the goat. goat. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, but silver lining is mm-hmm. the following day we had leftovers and we took that goat meat and we chopped it up uh, and we made goat tacos. Yep. I and they were fantastic. I simmered it in a little bit of uh, chicken broth and I think a little bit of um, uh, chipotle. And it was tender as ever. It was fucking delicious. It was good. Mm-hmm. Good, good way to make use of those leftovers. Mm-hmm. All right, let's uh, talk last dish: mango and pineapple salad. Pretty simple. Probably the most simple one that we made, other than maybe the tea or something. Yeah, it kind of feels like a throwaway to me. Like I kind of forget that we made it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it uh, it was a salad. It had orange, apple, and lemon juices. Uh, it had cucumber, arugula, spiced cashews. Um, it was fine. I mean, mango, we've made, we've made pineapple. salads like this before that have like yeah. a crunchy textural component, and uh, you know, and the arugula mixed in there. It, it was. I mean, fine. it's a, it's a good summer salad yeah. for it, like for right now. Like if someone suggested it to me, I'd be like, yeah, no, nah, that doesn't speak to me. Yeah, at all. Totally fine. Mm-hmm. No, no complaints. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we move into our reviews of the book, let's discuss most critical Amazon reviews. And uh, I found two of them. And, and I love these because they don't really offer any examples of why they didn't like it. They yeah. Just, they were just very succinct in their, in their negative reviews. 
So you want to start with the first one? Uh, one was okay. This one is from Amagana. One out of five stars. Not very authentic. Rubbish. Which is, which is funny because like I don't think she claims to be an authority on Ghanaian cuisine, and then and and. You know, it says right in the book's introduction that she's kind of doing her own spin on yes. it and interpretation of yes. it. And, you know, some of the dishes stay very traditional mm-hmm. in the maybe the way that she was taught them or learned them or became aware of them. And other things is like completely her... Her own, own take on it, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then and then she's doing things, you know, within the book where it's like this mashup of like Irish and Ghanaian to reflect her very specific heritage. So it was interesting. Um, and then the second one comes from uh, N.L. Larty. One out of five stars says one star. Very basic and disappointing. I wouldn't I would call it anything but basic. Yes. Those recipes are not basic. Yeah. So. All right. Let's let's talk about our rankings. What did you give it for food photography and styling? I gave it a five. OK. Uh, let's see. Many of the photographs feature Zoe either holding, serving, or preparing a dish kind of cropped at the neck so you just see like her Mm -hmm. torso or body. And then uh, a lot of the photos have kind of this rustic, almost like home cooking slash street food feel to most of the photographs. Very unfussy preparation, even though obviously there was probably a stylist involved and, and they you know, deliberately styled it that way. Lots of distressed wood mm-hmm. for the surfaces and also like old utensils, so like iron utensils or clay uh, bowls and platters. Um, the overall color palette was kind of warm, darker tones. Um, great use of See, colorful. See, it's funny that you call it warm because it was a cool, to me it was a very cool palette. Yeah. Green, green gray, and blue. Yeah. That's like very cool. Those are cool colors. Yeah, I don't know. I think when I think of darker, I just think of these like warm. I don't know. See, warm is like orange, red. Yeah. I don't think you know your color. No, you? I probably don't. <laughs> uh, great use of colorful fabrics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also like just a little observation was like lots of glasses and bottles that were either like beer or soda in the photos. They were always kind of in, lurking in the background. Yes. So uh, what'd you have? Uh, I gave it a four. Okay. Um, it was like there were like equal parts uh, flat lay and head on. Um, and I said something about green, gray and blue being like the main color palette for the photos. Um Lots of use of African textiles, which show up later in the pages of the book. which we'll talk about in a Um, second. And it's funny because a lot of this, a lot of this food is what you could call brown food. Like, brown food. But the food looks absolutely delicious. Yeah, and it doesn't come across as boring or Mm -mm. bland or uninteresting or anything. Yeah, I've... Very vibrant, very inviting. To me, to me, I love that they made the food look that good. Agreed. Because it, a lot of the stuff is not attractive. Yeah. To be honest, like yep. um, design and layout, what'd you give it? I gave it a five. Okay. Uh, there's some good extra material in here and it, and it really uh, paints this narrative of the author. It also is very informative. Um, such as there was like a regional foods map that kind of breaks down the different um, 
regions within Ghana and like what the you know kind of characteristic flavors and ingredients are for for each region which I, I thought was just really fun to read through um there's also a, a full like guide to ingredients in the beginning of the book mm-hmm. that kind of just covers all of the ingredients native to that area and also just gives you some insight into you know how to pick them what types to purchase some of the characteristics of them um and then it also includes like some of the real common ingredients to this cuisine like yams and plantains and something called moringa which is like a tree native to west africa um where they use a lot of the like root and the powder and and so that was really fun to read about um she also includes a soundtrack to cook to and, mm-hmm. and these playlists are available on Spotify and I've actually listened to them and it's like this great West African uh artist and music and it, and it's 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 amazing. Did um, you listen to it at the gym? Yeah. I listened to it at the gym too. Yeah. Oh, it's great. It's very upbeat and and like oh, it's fantastic. So, uh if you want a companion soundtrack to the book and and we've done a few others like that like Bryant Terry I think did that in his book and Questlove had one. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so uh as you know, people that are also into music as well as cooking, like we we really appreciate that. Um, most of the recipes have like a tips section uh-huh. that do- just offer like useful tips about preparation or the ingredient or substitutions you can do. And then throughout the book, she has uh, something that she titles like my Ghana story. And she just has different kind of like signposts or, you know, like in her kind of like rediscovering her roots and getting in touch with those and, and and then you know traveling to Ghana and what her experiences were and 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 what she kind of learned from those I, I thought that was really cool because that really does paint this narrative of like mm-hmm. you know who she is and where her uh where her cooking uh kind of comes from um each chapter page and this was something that you talked about earlier it's it's a two-page spread and they'll have this different uh kind of pattern or or textile and it's something that has been used in the book yes as a as like a background or something yeah um the font for both the recipe title and the ingredient list is kind of this distressed almost like a ink stamp Mm-hmm. look and i kind of think it fits the narrative of the book where it's this kind of like rustic how like, did you feel with the size of it it was fine yeah i did i yeah. actually was pretty pleased with the size nice font size mm-hmm. um yeah so those are my takeaways from it what okay. about you um i was gonna give it a 3.5 but i'll give it a four um god pretty much everything you said uh there's the intro an ingredient guide um and it's broken down into eight different food categories along with the little features, uh, little feature stories about her going back to Ghana. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there was always the standard introduction of the recipes, um, an ingredient and method and tips on the bottom. I really, really wish there would have been a, like a prep and cook time okay. listed on the page. Yes. Because more and more... Like I will look at that, yeah. When well, it's yeah. when it's in a book, and People I'll be like, are, okay, are busy. They want to kind of know what they're getting themselves mm-hmm. into with a recipe. No, it makes sense. So it's I think helpful. that's kind of what like took took it down a little bit for sure. me. Sure, I, I I can agree with that. 
uh, degree of difficulty. What'd you have? I gave it a three. Okay. Um, I think a lot of these ingredients would be really hard to source. Yes. Uh, in her fish recipes, she calls for barracuda. I've never fucking seen barracuda once. Not once. Um, we live in a hev- heavily like African uh, neighborhood. Right. So there's like lots of African uh, um, markets and stuff that we can go to to source these spices and stuff. But... No barracuda to be found. No, no fucking barracuda. (laughs) Um, And if you like, can you come up with a good alternative to some of the ingredients? I think it could be very, very scary. Like if you are reading this recipe and you see all these ingredients that you are not familiar with, you'll be like, fuck no. Yes. And, I can see that. And some of this is, some of the recipes took, uh, took a bit of time. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but I have to say, well worth it. Yes. Absolutely well worth it. And once you, I think once you get into it, it is not that hard, but I would, I would never give this book to like a new cook. Not. Or someone that's Never. not very adventurous as a cook. Absolutely I, I not. I think for the right person, in the right hands, this could be a really exciting mm-hmm. book for someone to, you know, dive right in and mm-hmm. just say like, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna do this. Because that was kind of the approach we took where yeah. we're just like, we don't know anything about Ghana food or yeah. know, more broadly West African food, but we're going to like roll up our sleeves and have some good food and learn a few things in the process. Yep. All what right. did you give it? I give it a three. Okay. As well. Uh, Zoe is not a formally trained chef. Mm-mm. And so none of the ref- recipes come from that angle or I would consider like too complex. Um, as you mentioned, some of the things may be a challenge to source. Um, she does have her Zoe's Ghana Kitchen website where she's uh, made all of the spices used in the recipes available mm-hmm. because she she really kind of emphasized... You know, finding these, um, ordering them from her website, um, you know, probably some shameless self-promotion yeah. and uh, a way to, you know, generate some def- more revenue. But she really did emphasize, like, you know, when possible, use the right ingredients. Yes, you know, I'll offer some, you know, tips on maybe some substitution, but um, it's not going to be the same. And so, um, but in the case of like the barracuda or, you know, there were some other things like that within the recipes. Um, what are you going to do? You know, um, while maybe not busy weeknight meals, most of these could be prepared easily enough, but there were some, you know, companion dips, sauces, Mm-hmm. salsas so mm-hmm. i think it kind of falls somewhere in between like they're not just these things you're going to whip up in a half an hour they're not things that are probably going to take you all day to yeah. do but you're going to have to have a little bit of time available mm-hmm. to make a lot of these things um but yeah it's a solid three okay and then how about taste i gave it a five yep um and here's the thing though like i was expecting the food to be more spicy because of like scotch bonnets, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And to me, even if the recipe had chilies in it, the spicing was more warm yeah. rather than like hot, which I really, I mean, I, I love me some spicy food. Yeah. But 
I think I like I really appreciate like warm spiced food. Yeah. And and what and just check those boxes. And when I'm talking about warm spices, I'm talking about like cardamom, cinnamon, uh, allspice, uh, what have you, ginger. Yeah. Like warm spices, not something that's going to set your tongue on fire. See, I think of those as cool spices. What? I'm making a joke about the colors from before our discussion before. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. All right. I also give it a five okay. for taste. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's move on. I've, right. I've said all I need to say about the taste. Yeah. So if you enjoyed the show, please rank and review us. Uh, you can follow us on our socials. Uh, our Instagram is at we underscore cook underscore books. And our Facebook is at we cook books. All right. You know what time it is. Make me laugh. Yes. This is guaranteed. Okay, this better be funny because you have not been funny. Uh, no pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, if anyone out there gets uh, an email message about canned meat from me, do not open it. It is spam. Right? <laughs> okay. Sure. Okay, everyone. I, I think that's what you'd call a food adjacent joke no that's totally food really but it's just not funny um okay everyone have a great week uh don't get too stressed out over the holidays it's it's all good stay hungry wear a mask be safe